All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Hello, America, and happy Friday. Yes, it's hard to believe we got to Friday already. This week just zipped by so many great interviews. So the question is, how do you top a week where you had so many great newsmakers on the show? Well, I got one for you. We have the one, the only, Dinesh D'Souza. Yes, the producer, the creator of the 2000 Mules documentary, which lays out the story of ballot harvesting around the country. Remember I told you at the beginning of this year, ballot harvesting was going to become the big central issue in election integrity. It clearly has. Dinesh D'Souza playing a big role of that, along with Catherine Engelbrecht, who we've had on the show as well. So Dinesh is here for a good part of the show. He's going to talk about all of the developments because there has been impact for this movie. First, the impact is that they've been able to go around widespread censorship and get this movie out to millions of Americans by using Rumble, by using Truth, by using Getter, by using the alternative ecosystem of free speech sites and video hosting uh, that has been created in the last two years. I've, I've been saying for a long time that alternate ecosystem was going to be essential for the future of free speech in America. And here's a great example. Dinesh is able to get the movie out to large numbers of people without censors being able to get in the way of it. And that's one part. Now, the second impact is there are new investigations that have been launched as a result of the video footage put on that movie. In Arizona, there's a county, my good colleague, uh, Natalia Middlestadt broke this story this morning, that has opened up a criminal investigation into multiple potential election frauds from 2020 as a result of what was actually put in the movie. They could see the video footage. The Sheriff's Department said, well, let's take a look, right? It's not too hard to have that. So a very big, important development there. We broke the story last night. We're going to talk to Dinesh about this now. But the Yuma County Sheriff, Yuma County was a very big part of the movie, for those of you who have watched it. Well, they opened up an investigation, and they're working together with the recorder's office to actively examine cases of voting fraud for the 2020 general election. And now a recent pattern of fraudulent voter registration forms leading up to the 2022 primary election. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. And we had it first last night. We're going to talk to Dinesh about that, his movie, creating impact, creating people to take action that otherwise may not have happened. That's important all around. All right. And then after that, I'm going to take us to Ukraine and to Russia for a second to have a really frank discussion. She is one of the boldest, brightest thinkers on Russian military strategy, particularly as it relates to what is known as hybrid warfare, traditional warfare, kinetic warfare, along with cyber and other warfare. And by the way, this is one of the first wars, this Ukraine-Russian conflict, is one of the first wars where hybrid warfare has been so more overtly on the front end of the war. And so joining us is Ivana Stradner. She is a visiting fellow at the American Enterprise Institute, AEI, a tremendous think tank, does lots of great work and is always in the forefront of important foreign policy and national security stuff. And I'm, I'm telling you, her work on Russian hybrid warfare is amazing. It's something that you absolutely 
have to pay attention to. And so we're going to have a good conversation about what's going on there. She does a lot of great work. You'll see her in the Washington Post, in the Real Clear World, Real Clear Defense, Newsweek, National Review, Foreign Policy Magazine. Very well respected. She's the Jean Kirkpatrick Visiting Research Fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. A remarkable and accomplished thinker on this. And I think you're going to enjoy it. It's the first time we've had her on the show. She brings a lot, a lot of firsthand knowledge of what's going on. And you're going to understand the war better because she's on the show. So that's it for us. We've got a great show. Let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Dinesh D'Souza, the great movie maker, the executive producer, creator of 2000 Mules, that important documentary about election harvesting, ballot harvesting in America right after the commercial break. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Everybody is talking about this man and his latest work. 2,000 Mules is the incredible documentary that tells the story of illegal ballot harvesting in America and the man who made it possible. The movie Wizardry, the extraordinary storytelling, is once again Dinesh D'Souza. Dinesh, congratulations on another successful project. 
John, thank you very much. And you've done such pioneering work in this area that I'm, I literally feel I'm, I'm following in your shadow and in your footsteps. Well, let me tell you, there's nobody that makes a movie like you. And it's such, um, I want to talk, focus on something that I don't think a lot of people appreciate, which is five, 10 years ago, you probably could have brought a movie out like this and it would have been okay and easy to do. You had to work around 5,000 sensors and 6,000 efforts trying to block this. And yet you managed to get a million people to watch this. You got a million dollars in the first 12 hours on rumble in ticket sales you took the new emerging ecosystem of of getter and truth and and rumble and you found a way to get around the sensors i think you may be the first first person to do it on a mass scale how'd you pull it off well we had to sit down and figure out you know if you put out a trailer and you can't put the trailer on facebook and youtube and of course our earlier movies we'd buy digital ads on these platforms so that shut down. Um, and at the time, even Twitter was a hostile environment. It's a little better now with Elon Musk's imp- you know, pending takeover. Um, but I was even scared of putting the movie on Amazon Prime or Apple iTunes. So those are places where my earlier movies have lived. Right. Uh, and yet I was like, you know what? If, if right in the middle of the movie they pull it down, I'm going to be completely shafted. So I need to de- develop a plan that is not reliant on any of that. And the movie is only available on un cancelable platforms right so we kind of had to reinvent the wheel no that you did and the numbers are just extraordinary i mean uh, what you and chris pavlowski at rumble did to create and by the way it's a seamless experience it's as good as being on youtube or on amazon prime uh so it's easy to do you watch it it's great uh where are we now we're about a little over a week into it how many people have seen this movie already Well, literally in about five days, as of kind of last count, it's about a million people who've seen the movie. It's crossed $10 million in revenue, which for a political documentary is like downright insane. I mean, I made six of these already, and uh, this this would rival my very first documentary, 2016 Obama's America, which broke all kinds of records. But in this new environment where we're not doing a normal theatrical, these are just huge numbers. They are. It is a remarkable, it's also a remarkable statement how hungry America Americans are to find out the truth and they want to make up their own mind right they don't want to be told what to think they're going to look at it they're going to make up their own assessment uh, and uh, you've created a way for them to do that comfortably and and you know quite high quality it's it's a really remarkable thing all that's left for the cancel culture folks now is to try to throw these uh i'm going to put them truth watches but i put a lot of quote marks around the truth and the watch uh there's been a lot of efforts like oh you know you can't trust these phone record analyses. A lot of people don't use them. Well, actually, I went to the former intelligence chief of the FBI, Kevin Brock, who says this is a fast growing area. Cops use this data all the time as pointer data to solve cases. It is a legitimate way of building a case against somebody. Yet, if you read the Washington Post or someone liked it, you'd be scratching your head thinking this was voodoo science. How have you pushed back? You've done a very effective job at pushing back. Well, I mean, I looked up the, there was a case in 2018 called the Carpenter case, easy to look up. Supreme Court kind of is talking about privacy rights. And John Roberts, the chief justice, kind of surveys the literature on the accuracy and the precision. And by the way, accuracy and precision mean two slightly different things, but we don't need to go into it here. Basically, what he says is that the accuracy of geo-tracking, cell phone geo-tracking, is about the same as putting an ankle bracelet on a prisoner and tracking his movements that way way. So in other words, it does not leave a whole lot open to doubt. Our cell phones have inside of them IDs, which are a kind of digital fingerprint. So now, obviously, I could give my phone to my wife, Debbie. She could go from Dropbox to Dropbox. But that that particular phone is at that location is not open to doubt. Yeah, no, I think that that's right. And here's one of the ironies. While the mainstream media the last week have been trying to dump on the idea that you really can't build anything with this geophone, uh, geospatial location phone data. The CDC just admitted that's what they did all throughout the um, pandemic. They bought millions of uh, Americans' records. They were tracking to see how people acted, whether they were paying attention. So if it was good enough for the CDC in the middle of a panic, why isn't it good enough to make the case in 2,000 mules? They can't explain that. They just ignore the CDC or the FBI or the local law enforcement all who have used geospatial records effectively in cases. It's it's pretty remarkable. What do you think is the next chapter? You now have illuminated. People could see with their own eyes what ballot harvesting might look like. They see these data sets. Do you believe that the there's enough momentum now for real cops on the ground to go out, investigate this, and find the people who did it? 
I think so. I mean, absolutely. And, you know, there are people who raise questions about the movie. They'll say things like, you know, we haven't been able to see the same mule at multiple locations in your video. Right. Now, you know, John, as well as I do, that the video is very sparse. Very it's not good, available yeah. in most cases. Even though the rules say you should have video, many places didn't have video. Right. So we're kind of in a position where you've got sort of the serial killer, you know, and he's gone to five different homes and he's left his DNA evidence at all five, but only one of the homes had a video camera. So you've got him on video. There he is. But then someone goes, oh, wait a minute. I want to see him video in all five homes. Well, we can digitally locate him in all those homes with absolute precision. It so happens we have video in one home. The video is only the icing on the cake. Yeah, that's right. And, and it's validating, too, because you can put the phone record and that person at the same place. And uh, it just shows that what you're what you're doing actually works. There's even a better thing going on. Didn't Yuma County, Arizona, in the last couple of days just make an arrest in a, in a uh, ballot harvesting case? This is actually great because, you know, there's, we, we interviewed a mule. Greg Phillips actually yeah. did of True the Vote, and we camouflaged her, her identity. Um, even though she has been cooperating with authorities, of course, she faces some personal risk. Right. Uh, but that's, and she says, I'm from Yuma. You know, I'm basically from San Luis. And it's so great that in that exact venue, the sheriff has now announced a new investigation. It seems to be a direct response to the work both of True the Vote and the movie. So this idea that the movie is making all these outlandish claims, Law enforcement doesn't even have to look at it. Complete nonsense. And this, I hope, is only the first step. Yeah. And remember, in Arizona with uh, Bernovich, too, there are six or seven people that have already been arrested and charged in, at the state level as well with illegal ballot harvesting. Of course, their law was just recently upheld by the Supreme Court as well. There are more harvesting cases than the media wants to admit to. They want to just keep uh, shunting this aside. There are now subpoenas issued in Georgia. We'll see what the Secretary of State does there. Do you think that America is ready to go into the November 2020 election and make sure this doesn't happen in 2020, 2022? Do you think eyes are on, people are more alert, Republicans are more willing to fight uh, proactively to stop any things that Democrats might try to do to tip the scales? John, I absolutely think so. And I say that because even though I'm seeing on social media, like, where's the GOP on this? Our leadership is so craven and so on. The simple fact is that most Republicans have not yet seen the movie. That's right. Frankly, it's only been out a few days. Uh, I had um, Steve Scalise on my podcast today. He's like, I keep hearing about this movie. I haven't seen it. And you know, can you send it to me? I'm like, you know what? When I get home, I'll overnight it to you. So there you'll you have go. it tomorrow. So yeah, this is a way these, I think when they see this stuff and, you know, first of all, all these so-called fact checks are, will fall apart. You know, yeah. this good man is merely delivering These are the fact checkers that told us. Family members, yeah. you know, you can't watch the video and believe that nonsense. Yeah. And listen, these are the same fact checkers that told us to believe Russia collusion. We saw how well that worked out. So they, they don't have a whole lot of credibility in their back pocket to begin with. Um, but it is interesting to see. And I think, you know, Glenn Youngkin, I think, created a model in Virginia of putting an army of people out there who knew what to do in real time. If they saw something, they knew how to act quickly. And I think the Virginia model of having an open, good election, yeah, there was some absentee ballot expansion, but they got it right. I think that's what people are going to be looking for in November. Now, don't don't not vote because you don't, can't trust the thing. That's a silly thing to do. Go out and vote, but make sure that there's a, the proper army out there. We're going to have to watch and see if that happens. What's next for you? How do you take this movie and keep it going? Keep the awareness going? Is there a follow up? Are there some shorts you might do? Because I, I have a funny feeling history is going to keep evolving uh, and we're going to learn more about harvesting in the next few months. I mean, we are open to doing, you know, any kind of, I want to stay on top of this. This is uh, the issue, kind of the mother of all issues, right? Because as I say in the movie, if we, if, we're, if we don't have a fair and free election, we're basically not a democracy. We're some sort of a cartel masquerading as a democracy. And so this issue couldn't be more important. When the film first came out, it seemed to have been upended by the Roe versus Wade announcement. Uh, and many people were like, oh my gosh, it couldn't be worse timing. But see, it had no effect on the film because People have been worrying about this. Uh, it's been sort of haunting the American mind for now almost two years. And so people want action. And I think Republicans have figured out that while Republicans tend to focus kind of on the campaign, let's have a rally, let's, you know, Democrats focus on the actual mechanism of the election. How do we get our people into the election offices? Who's going to open the envelopes? That kind of thing. And so Republicans are becoming more clever and more attentive to the actual mechanics of the election. 
Yeah, they really are. And they realize that that's how it was controlled in 2020. It was the mechanics. It wasn't, uh, you know, the, the ads and other things. Who owned the, Those who own the rules own the outcome of the election. And I think that's a, a paradigm change that a lot of everyday Americans are beginning to appreciate. And I think Republicans in general are more keen to the things that the Stacey Abrams and the Mark Eliases of the world might try going forward. Um You've been a little frustrated with Tucker Carlson and Fox News. Tell us a little bit about what's going on there. What's at the heart of that controversy or dispute, I should say? Well, the Tucker thing is a little different than, than Fox in general. I think with Fox in general, there appears to be kind of a deep legal anxiety. Yes. And I say that because, you know, there are people at Fox, I know for a fact, that want to cover the issue. Sure. And somehow the kind of edict has come down from the Politburo that they can't say 2,000 mules. Uh, Tucker, weirdly, had Catherine Engelbrecht on and she did talk about her research but uh, what i found odd was she was ordered not to mention 2000 mules that's even more strange because either you talk you, you, it's one thing for fox to say look we, we can't touch election integrity that that yeah. topic is off limits but if you let her on but things, then you don't let the yeah it doesn't make yeah. it it's just not journalistically honest yeah, and, 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 and this was when the film was already out, and so everybody knew that this content was coming from the movie, and right. so this kind of, so, so it's just downright strange, I think. I don't know if I have the full explanation for it, and I don't want to have a big fight with Fox, of yeah. course. I just think that this is something that's hurting them more than it's hurting me. Yeah, no, it does. I mean, I think the listeners who are in the Roger, you know, their viewers, they already know the movie's out there. They're like, well, what's going on here? Why, why is this not in here? It doesn't seem to lend itself to the, the sort of credibility Fox deserves to give its audience. It, it struck me as very odd. Um, as we look out now, uh, there is a lot going on in this space. And I think that the um, uh, as more and more people begin to focus on where we went wrong in 2020, learning about the technologies that are there to make election servers uh, 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 safer and, and uh, easier to vote. You have now, we could have had much better cameras on these boxes, right? Some of the cameras in Fulton County, I, I, I think they look like they're from the 1940s or so bad and they're so badly set up. But there's a lot of things that could be done quickly to kind of use technology to make our elections uh, more safe. Do you think people are ready to have that level of discussion? Yes, because it's so simple. You know, it's one thing to say, all right, let's ban the drop boxes, and that debate is one thing. But it's another thing to say, look, we're going to have drop boxes in some places. Let's have 24-hour surveillance. We have 24-hour surveillance over every ATM, over every parking right. lot. This can be done very cheaply. There's no excuse not to do it, except if you want to cheat. Only the burglar community is going to be opposed to that. <laughs> so I think there are practical things that Republicans can insist upon and make sure that that happens, really, just for the 2022 election. Yeah, just just remarkable. And uh, and I think people are starting to have those types of conversations. Um, it's not easy being on the leading edge. I know uh, as you went into this, there were a lot of people that had heartburn. They were worried about it. But now that you've gotten it out there, you see people. I, I've known people that went into the movie Doubters coming out saying, oh, my God, why aren't we on top of this? Uh, it, what is uh, what do you hope is the effect over the next six to eight weeks? We've got basically a six month run to the election day this year. Do you think we get enough Republicans in leadership places to take the the map that you've now made very easily available to people and get to the bottom of this? Because at the end of the day, if you don't punish people who did this in 2020, the temptation to do it again is very high. Without a doubt. I mean, Republicans have got to realize that this is, this is a kind of existential problem for them. If they allow systematic cheating, uh, then you, you've essentially ruined, the, uh, ruined your own prospects. You're sort of like the wildebeest. You can be, hope that you're the last guy to be eaten, but that you will be eaten is, is a kind of foregone conclusion. I think what the movie shows and, and your work shows is the importance of investigative reporting and, yeah. and giving people new information. See, it's one thing to sit around and pontificate you know, about Mark Zuckerberg funded the drop boxes right. and you know and so and, and why do they send out all these mail-in ballots so this is all like talking about the, the the different mechanisms that enable the heist right but it's a whole different thing to say that a heist in fact took place and the beauty of the movie is it shows you through two independent lines of evidence by the way both pioneered by true the vote the geo-tracking evidence and then the corroborating video evidence that a heist did in fact occur and you can actually see it it's on tape yeah no, you you clearly can. There's a part of the movie uh, where you see these people, and it's late in the Georgia runoff, where they start wearing gloves. 
Uh, tell us why that was so important. Because earlier on in the earlier footage, you don't see people wearing gloves. And then there seems to be a pattern of people slapping on the gloves towards the end. Uh, tell us why that's an important revelation to the storyline of what was going on at the time. Well, first, let's consider what AP and PolitiFact and the Washington Post are trying to say to account for the gloves. They go, wait a minute. They go, isn't it winter? It wasn't, didn't this voting occur when it was kind of cold? So don't people wear gloves when it's cold? Yeah, they wear woolen gloves. They don't wear latex gloves. They don't wear surgical gloves. They don't. (laughs) Second, well, what about COVID? Well, the problem with the gloves is, first of all, the moment that these guys dump the illegal ballots into the box, they take the gloves off and they discard them. Moreover, as you point out, earlier in the early voting, no gloves. But then there's a big bust in Arizona, uh, and this is, I think you had alluded to this also earlier, where the FBI breaks up this operation and they arrest these people. And it turns out one of the ways they got them is they left fingerprints on all these different ballots. And so the word goes out to the mules, start wearing gloves. And so the fact that there were no gloves in the early videos and then gloves in the later videos, I mean, that is an overwhelmingly probable explanation, so much better than the nonsense that, yeah, they're just feeling a little chilly and had to put the latex gloves on. Yeah, yeah, listen, I don't know anybody that goes out and shovel snow in latex gloves. I know that doesn't, I do it. I spent eight years in Wisconsin. You wear heavy wool gloves when you want to keep warm, not latex gloves. Uh, criminals wear latex gloves, so a lot. Uh, burglars use them all the time. So it's, uh, it is remarkable. Um, the, the, the state of the media, I know you, you wrestled with Philip Bump at the, at the uh, Washington Post and uh, the AP, who, who was getting lampooned today for another um, uh, uh, thing they tweeted out about Elon Musk. Do you think uh, the media has literally worked its way out of credibility? They've gone so far to try to discredit things that maybe they ought to take a second look at, uh, that Americans aren't taking them the same serious way they would have taken them five, six, seven years ago, let's say, before Russia collusion? Yeah, you get the sense, even with the fact checks, that the fact checks are actually not even designed for the public. So the reason that they can do brazen lying is that the purpose of the fact checks is to alert the people at Google, which is to say YouTube, and the people at Facebook to use the fact check as a pretext to ban this guy. Right. So it's essentially a handoff from the media. It's almost like the media are part of this sort of coordinated dishonest operation. We'll make up a lie, and then you use the lie as a justification to kick this guy off, and that's the little game that's being played. Even their sources are all bogus. They call around, and they find somebody who goes, yeah, geo-tracking. I have an article here. It's not very accurate. Of course, the Articles from like 2007. Right. You know, they're talking about, they're not talking about geo tracking circa 2021 or 2022. They're talking about the way things used to be more than a decade ago. Yeah, no, that's exactly how when they can't find the. When, they, when the current proof um, uh, can't be used to bunk, you go back and find old proof and then try it there. One of the old tricks of uh, dishonest uh, fact-checking, I guess. And it's, it's sad to see, but I do think that they're only damaging their own credibility when they do these things. And I think that that's the most frustrating part. Uh, you had a chance to interview a couple people who were involved in this uh, harvesting. What did they describe their motive was? Did they know at the outset what they were doing was wrong or uh, did they only learn after the fact and they were kind of suckered in? You know, I think in most cases, and, and I can't claim to be uh, have a kind of a wide experience, Greg Phillips could probably speak better than right. I could to this topic. But you know what? My sense of it, and it's a sense, is that these guys do not think that they're in some vast criminal operation. Right. Uh, for them, it's $10 a ballot. And it's right. like, wait a minute, if I can drop off a bunch of ballots, I can follow this route. So it's as if the sort of the Democrats have been doing this kind of voter fraud for a while. I think what's different in the 2020 election is that because of all the mail-in ballots, the mushrooming of all these mail-in drop boxes, the fraudsters realized that they could ramp up the scale yeah, of the fraud yeah. tenfold or twentyfold. Yeah, no, that I think is the the major thing of 2020. The, the, and it looks, you know, you go back to March of 2020, there is an article written by Mark Elias on one of the favorite voting rights activist sites for, for liberals. And he talks about ballot harvesting being one of the four important things that they need to accomplish to win. Uh, so they knew that if they got more absentee ballots out there, that harvesting them would be a, a, a game changer. He writes that, of course, they lose some of these rulings in Arizona and Georgia on harvesting now the question is, did they set up, somebody set up an alternative way to do it? And um, I think that's what your movie so eloquently captures. What, um, 
where else will we see this pop up in the next few weeks, Dinesh? Anywhere else? Uh, obviously, Rumble has been the place that most people watch it, but there are some theaters, right? You've got some in the theaters Well, now. to be honest, yeah, we had planned a very limited theatrical release, 300 theaters. We yeah. did the showing May, May 2nd and May 4th. But all these theaters are now clamoring to bring the movie back because we put some really good numbers on the board. No kidding. And so we're, we're weighing it now, but it's quite possible that we will re-release the movie in a wide theatrical come next weekend. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Uh, uh, that tells you something about the power of people's interest in this topic. They, they want to learn more. They're not done uh, being uh, they're not uh, they're not done with the idea that there were problems in 2020. They want to learn more. And uh, you've certainly added to as you have so many times in your career, Dinesh, added to their knowledge in a big way. And uh, it seems like some of the left are a little bit nervous these days. So congratulations. Well- Thank you so much, John. I mean, you, you, you are really ahead of all, you are like the scout who's ahead of all of us <laughs> on this. I, I mean, I will admit yeah. a movie does certain things to the head and the heart. It's a great way to put the story together. Very powerful. But that's really all I've done. You and the guys at True the Vote have, have really blazed the trail. So I want to publicly acknowledge that. Well, we enjoyed working together with you guys, watching this come out and uh, a lot more history, a lot more news, a lot more reporting, a lot more investigating has to happen. And I think you have given the American public the ultimate roadmap to go get it done. So congratulations. Thank you so much. If I can direct people to the website, it's 2000mules.com. You won't find the movie the normal places, so go to the website, and there's four different ways you can watch this movie. It's, it's amazing thing. We've been touting it every day on Truth and, um, and Getter, and uh, people are eating it up, and uh, that is a great, and it's easy to remember, 2000mules.com. All right, uh, Dinesh, thanks again. We'll be in touch soon. Thanks for doing the TV show last night. It was great to have you on there as well. It's a real pleasure. Thank you, John. Take care. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back in just a few seconds. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house-stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. We're all been trying to learn all we can about what this Russia-Ukraine war not only means for the region now, for all of Europe, but for the future of warfare. And our next guest is one of the boldest, brightest thinkers in the space. She's currently the Jean Kirkpatrick Visiting Research Fellow at AEI. Her name is Ivana Stradner, and she is an expert on Russian hybrid warfare. Ivana, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for inviting me. It is an honor to have you on. And you've done some amazing writing. You've done a lot of events. You're on TV a lot. Uh, A lot of people may not have heard this term, Russian hybrid warfare, but it is a very important concept. And it really is the tipping point to the modern era of warfare that we're all heading towards. So give us a little sense of what hybrid warfare is and why it's important and what we're learning from Russia's use of it in the Ukraine conflict. Yeah, so uh, hybrid warfare is really a critical thing for Russia's military. 
And the way that Russia understands hybrid warfare is very different from the way that we understanding. Because I'll give you the example. Uh, for Russia, what we are seeing right now in Ukraine, what we saw already back in 2014, um, uh, the hybrid warfare is critical because they use, the Russian military um, employs information operations as well as the kinetic use of force. Here in the U.S., we don't have such a thing. It's a little bit different because we divide both. Uh, but having said that, how does hybrid warfare work? They use um, information operations such as the spread of disinformation as well as cybersecurity attacks. Um, and then um, they also use um, the kinetic use of force. So we are seeing, you know, right now in Ukraine, for example, two days ago, Russia just right. um, used uh, cyber attacks. But meanwhile, it's also using conventional use of force. Yeah, it's the future of warfare. We're all going to have to be prepared to be Absolutely. fighting on all of these fronts. What's the biggest lesson? And believe it or not, even even this week, uh, some Russian analysts emphasize they should actually retaliate against the United States using um, the same type of uh, technique, like they call it, like uh, to use soft power, which is part of right. basically hybrid warfare, to uh, to polarize this country. And this is nothing really new because Russia has been doing that uh, since the Cold War. Yep, they sure have. It's the old KGB um, uh, uh, book, just dusted off for the 21st century. Exactly, with the use of social media platforms. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. they've been experts at it for 60 years. Sowing sewing mm -hmm. division. I wanted to ask you a little bit about your assessment of the uh, Russian military and the Russian strategy in Ukraine. It seems as though they failed to meet their own expectations, and I think they've surprised the world that they haven't been as successful as people thought they would be in Ukraine. In fact, now it looks like Ukraine has a counteroffensive that may be making some ground. Are you surprised that the Russian army, after all its investment, after all of Putin's rhetoric, has not uh, been more successful in its military uh, strategy thus far? I have to tell you, I always really believed that Russia's military was bad, but I never thought this would be this bad. Wow. Uh, so certainly, you know, the Russian military, military also miscalculated this thing, because when the war started, uh, Putin definitely, you know, wanted to, um, um, had a very, very lofty goals, including, you know, to install his puppet regime in Kiev and uh, to occupy the country now. Um, he's back to his uh, phase two, basically, where he calls it, and he's focusing on eastern and southern part of Ukraine, given huge military losses. But I have to emphasize one more thing. We should really uh, not celebrate his victory that soon, because he still has numerous, uh, numerous strategies and opportunities at his disposal, including um, uh, organizing chaos, resorting to his favorite strategy and organizing chaos in different countries. Right. Like right now, what we are seeing in Transnistria and Moldova is really worrisome for many people who are monitoring and following uh, Russia's activities uh, because Putin is definitely searching for weak links in Europe uh, to distract both Washington and Brussels. And when people tell me, well, you know, uh, Russia does not have enough military uh, power to uh, occupy Moldova, you know, certainly he would have loved to do that, but that's not a point. Um, he would love to organize the chaos within the country um, in already vulnerable areas such as Moldova because of a Transnistria and because of, you know, different secessionist movements, as well as in the Balkans, which is another very vulnerable area yeah. uh, for Europe. Um, and Putin understands uh, that uh, using this um, uh, using all these European vulnerabilities and attacking directly to the um, um, Europeans' underbelly uh, is something that will certainly, you know, distract Europe. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. And he has, like in the Balkans, uh, some allies, like the Serbian president and others, who can kind of do his bidding for him. Absolutely. You've and written about that too, right? Serbia. That the Hungary and, and the recent elections in Hungary and in Serbia were really mm -hmm. wins for Putin, right? 100%. Because, you know, while everyone pays attention to Ukraine, Russia is really trying to find Europe's weak links to distract Brussels and Washington from the war. And Europe right now, I mean, it has a serious problem with the rise of far right. Um, and it has been an issue for years, and Moscow has been investing heavily in radical right. 
And uh, Russia has been trying to undermine democracy, the EU and NATO in Europe for years. And this year so far, we had three important elections uh, with Putin's allies. One was in Serbia, the second one was in Hungary, and the third one was in France. In Serbia and Hungary, his favorite people uh, won the elections. I mean, you had Orban, who repeatedly undercut Kiev's efforts to forge a closer relationship with NATO and the EU. And Hungary ruled out, you know, providing any military assistance to Ukraine. In Serbia, the situation is very similar because the country is really on a brink of a, I don't want to call it a conflict, but a new chaos, because it's not only Serbia, but you have Bosnia and Herzegovina with uh, Russia's proxies over there, who has been threatening secession, and we already know what happened during the 90s in the Balkans. Uh, I have to admit that the United States and the United Kingdom are doing right now uh, really great things over there in the region. While we are actually talking, there is uh, NATO uh, military exercise, they open a new military base in the region. I mean, there are really a lot of great preventive things uh, that both countries are doing. But then you also have a France, even though that Macron won, uh, the very first fact that Marine Le Pen received such a significant support, it really tells us everything we need to know about uh, the state of democracy uh, in, in Europe. When you look out, the there was a pretty big announcement Thursday that Finland wants to join NATO. And so obviously, mm-hmm. when you look at Putin, he would love to eat away at the NATO alliance. But in some cases, he's actually pushed people to accelerate their ambitions to get into the NATO alliance. How do you handicap uh, Finland's request? And I assume he'll retaliate right away and take away gas uh, from them or cut back their gas. But yes. um Uh, will we see more people wanting to join the NATO alliance as a result of his aggression? I mean, look, Finland uh, Finland and Sweden are about to join NATO, and this is the irony of the Russian war in Ukraine, because when the war started, Russia claimed that the main reason for its intervention was NATO's enlargement and its threat to Russia's security. Uh, And for many years, both Sweden and Finland, they maintained, you know, military neutrality because nobody wanted to provoke Russia. Right. And now what we are having, we have both countries um, that actually want to join NATO. And this is tremendously important because this will, you know, increase the trends in the region. Um, and they are great assets um, on, that they can you know, provide to NATO. Uh, but I have to tell you one thing. Russia has a history you know, of threatening NATO's enlargement. We just mentioned in terms of cutting gas. Um, that's, you know, one of the, me- one, one, one of the retaliation measures that Putin will take. Sure. Uh, we, we just saw it with Poland. For yeah. 100%. You know, we should not forget that Russia successfully organized a coup d'etat in Montenegro before he joined the alliance in 2017. Right. It also installed the chaos, you know, in North Macedonia before he joined NATO in 2020. And uh, recently, uh, Russia's uh, Minister of Foreign Affairs, I mean, they openly sent various different threats, you know, to all new countries that want to join NATO, such as, for example, Bosnia. Uh, so, so, so here's the thing. Um, this week, uh, the Minister of Foreign Affairs, um, uh, Russia's Minister of Foreign Affairs, they said, you know, that Finland's accession to NATO will cause serious damage to bilateral Russian and Finnish relations. And this would also be a direct violation of Finland's international legal obligations. I mean, they're already trying, you know, to, um, to use like a different disinformation techniques. And let me also remind our audience that a few weeks ago, Russia threatened to deploy yeah. Iskander and hypersonic missiles. That's right. And alone, you know, Dmitry Medvedev, I mean, he claimed, you know, uh, if Sweden and Finland join NATO, then Russia would have to strengthen its land, naval and air forces in the Baltic Sea. Uh, you know, these are all, you know, threats for this moment. But certainly, you know, Putin will not be pleased with this thing. Uh, how Russia will respond, it's yet to be seen. Uh, but um, as, as I stated, you know, um, I think the more Putin feels cornered, the more, um, the more willing he will be to, uh, to, 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 risk, to risk the war. Even you know, like I, I would not even exclude the, the use of uh, chemical weapons to test NATO and to test uh, the United States in particular. Yeah, there's no doubt. We're showing our muscle too, though, right? Uh, we got we had a big mm-hmm. U.S. lead. Uh, uh, we just had an Absolutely. exercise in North Macedonia in the last 24 hours. Um, exactly. 
I think the, the, we have seemed to up our game. I think we had, it seemed like we had a slow start to this, right? We were kind of behind on things. But over the last six to eight weeks, it seems like the American response to Russia is more in line of the way Ronald Reagan would have done it, more in line of a way of a traditional American president, which is we don't have to take this laying down here. We're, we're the United States of America. Do you feel that the Biden administration has upped its game in the last couple of weeks, like maybe the last month? Absolutely. I absolutely agree with you. I mean, last year, you know, Putin was absolutely testing the Biden administration. I mean, think about all those cyber attacks launched by Russia. And then we had this meeting in in, in Geneva. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, diplomacy really cannot make softer and kinder Putin. Right. Um, and United yeah, States... There's no such thing as a softer, kinder Putin. <laughs> it <laughs> doesn't exist. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, our weakness just emboldens Putin. And I think, yeah. you know, what the Biden administration is doing right now, I think this is really the step in the right direction and sending a very clear signal to um, to to Russia. I have to also admit that one thing that is a little bit uh, worrisome for me is about all this disinformation campaign, you know, that the Biden, you know, yeah. uh, is trying to put the United States in, in direct war with Russia. Uh, let me clarify one thing. I'm quite confident to say that Ukrainians really even don't want our military to be over there what they need they need weapons yep. and they need our intelligence that's right um seem and to be getting both now. With us. exactly so i have to really applaud this administration so far over the past few weeks that they are doing a marvelous thing uh when it comes to deterring uh putting if it's even possible to claim something like that but also working with our allies in europe especially the united kingdom uh, because france and germany it's a separate story i mean don't get me even started on that one uh, <laughs> how they how they approach this whole thing uh but um, I'm so where i'm going next i actually want to talk to you a little bit about germany i uh, we had Rick Grinnell uh, was on here. And of course, you guys may have a little bit of different view on the world. But when it comes to Germany, I think you and he are very much agreed. The the approach that Merkel took over the last decade, 12 years as sort of the grand dame of Europe really actually helped Russia. They've actually put Russia into the position to do what it's done. Do you think Europe has woken up to that idea? 100%. I mean, look, Europe has not had any serious war since the World War II. Right. Um, and I understand why some European leaders live in a parallel universe. Uh, even when the war started, you know, I mean, we can just recall even when the United States and the United Kingdom were um, discussing Russia's plan. I mean, nobody took it like a seriously. I mean, you really just have to look at even what... Uh, Macron stated earlier this week, you know, that we should not um, embarrass and provoke Putin. And this has been on the French, this has yeah. been the French agenda for years. Peace through appeasement That's agenda. <laughs> exactly, appeasement. Um, and as per, uh, as per Germany, things are even worse. Uh, because of the gas reliance and Putin has been using, I mean, the whole regime for a I mean, let's be frank, like Germany is one of the most powerful and more, the most important countries in, in, in the EU. Um, and having, you know, his own people over there, they will support his policies of isolationism uh, in terms of our Russian real, uh, gas reliance. I mean, Nord Stream 2. Um, I'm really not surprised that Germany is heading to this direction. Yeah. Um, this is absolutely uh, not something that, that has surprised me. Uh, but I'm really, I really, really hope that this war will um, help both uh, Berlin and, and Paris to wake up to this serious threat. There, um, I know you have taken on some of Tucker Carlson's approach, and I, I think he obviously represents a wing of the conservative party, a more modern or you know more more new wing. It's a different type of thinking than conservatives have traditionally had. He, I would guess we would call him the anti uh, neocon. Uh, but there is this uh, balancing act that I think conservatives are trying to do, which is to try to look inward and try to fix America's problems because we have plenty of them, and and they seem to be exacerbated. Uh, and avoid getting into wars where we don't have a strategic interest. But sometimes that can be drawn into something bigger, right? Which is, well, we shouldn't get involved in Ukraine at all, which clearly that's not the case. Our, our country clearly seems to support military assistance, at least. How does, how do, you being a conservative, how do, you, how do we balance this new debate that the, um, 
I call them the anti-neocons in the conservative movement have sort of created. There's somewhere there's a happy point between traditional conservatives and there, but we don't seem to have reached it yet. What's the key to getting there? To begin with, we have to understand that this is also our war. This war is also ideological war. And if the United States wants to maintain superpower um, and actually cares about certain values, we have to also support countries that support our values. Um, This is a long game. Um, uh, As I mentioned before, I would never like to see the United States being directly involved uh, in the conflict with with Russia. And I really don't think that the Biden administration is doing that. No, they're not going to. That's exactly what I think. Uh, But, you know, certain people, you know, they're using that for political arguments um, uh, trying actually to make such a claim of causality that this particular war will lead, you know, to World War III. Right. And this is exactly what Putin has also been emphasizing, not particularly maybe Putin, but his um, um, certain people you know, in, in his government. It's very, really hard to balance because this country is already extremely polarized. Um, and uh, that's something that we really have to, I think, as conservatives to, to work on, to, to rethink our values. And to think our to rethink our global values, because what is the alternative? Is this alternative like for the world to be run by China and Russia? I'm not sure that any conservative wants this. Yeah, no, but I, I think it's also very important, you know, to emphasize and re-emphasize every single day that um, nobody really wants to see the United States being involved um, in, in World War III, and we are not really doing that. No, we're nowhere near that. I think it's a lot of rhetoric. In fact, Putin would like us. That's why he nuclear saber rattles often just to try to play into that fear. But we're far away from a a World War III. Um, I want to ask you one thing, because I've seen all of your writings. You've done such a good job. You had a wonderful column, by the way, with David Shedd in my old publication, The Hill, that everyone should should take a look at. I thought it was brilliant about getting people ready for the era of psychological warfare. We can be just as good as Putin if we chose to be. But I want to take you to one uh, point in, in history, the, the mm-hmm. fall of 2013 into the spring of 2014, mm-hmm. when uh, Americans were clearly under Obama involved in the, uh, the deposing of an elected leader in Ukraine, clearly a Russian-friendly Ukraine leader. Uh, but the, the talk of NATO at that point there were a lot of people warning at that time, and some of them neocons, people who were you know, very strong in belief of defense and spreading democracy, that America was never going to bring Ukraine. No chance Ukraine was ever going to come into NATO. So why threaten it and why poke Putin? Why play that game? Was that a miscalculation or do you think that was a good use of psychological warfare? No, I think that was a clear miscalculation. And I'll tell you why. Because as I mentioned earlier, Putin is emboldened with our weakness. Yep. Putin has been testing us. This war has nothing to do with NATO expansion. That's right. Uh, NATO never, ever attacked, you know, entered like a one inch in the Russian territory. But I can tell you how many times over the past 20 years since Putin came to power, actually Russia used a force in its neighborhood. Uh, the problem with the Obama administration, uh, we certainly know his isolationism. He didn't take, you know, Russia as a serious security threat. And we should just, you know, recall the conversation between, uh, uh, between Mitt Romney and Obama when Mitt Romney actually emphasized, you know, Russia is a serious threat. And all of us who have been following Russia very closely, um, you really just have to really go back to the first Russia's national security strategy to understand right. that Russia has, Putin has this, um, uh, has always had this ambition to bring Russia back on the world stage yep. and to become, you know, on an equal footing with the United States and China. Um, and this has been Putin's goal for, for more for more than basically two decades. We didn't, you know, take uh, Russia's threat seriously because um, certainly, you know, we have we are more powerful nation, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I have to admit, regardless of Russia's relatively poor military, Russia still has two incredibly powerful tools, information operations and cyber warfare. Yep. And these are powerful tools for Nothing Russia. Nothing to sniff at. Yeah. 
absolutely to, to challenge it systematically. I don't think, you know, that Russia's military is just going to, that Russia is going to roll, you know, tanks like here in Washington, D.C., but I am quite, you know, concerned about Russia's use of um, uh, cyber, uh, cyber uh, warfare as sure. well as information operations. They will not stop regardless of the war. Yeah, no doubt about it. We're going to keep an eye on all of those things. Ivana, you do such amazing work. I follow you on Twitter. I, I think you're just uh, doing some of the most important thinking and big picture strategic thinking like we used to do in Washington. How do people uh, stay in touch with the work you're doing on Twitter, on, on at um, uh, all the other places where you're writing? Uh, what's the best way to keep connected to you? Uh, so my... Twitter uh, handle is Ivana Stradner, and uh, I'm an advisor to the Foundation of Defense of Democracies, where you can read uh, all my work, uh, as well as um, I'm a fellow at AI. Absolutely. Well, your work is uh, really greatly appreciated in this time. A lot of thoughtful work. And uh, if you want to keep up on Russia hybrid on cybersecurity and cyber warfare, uh, I highly recommend folks that you stay in touch with Ivana's great work. Ivana, honor to have you on the show. We'll be sure to get you back on real soon. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was a great honor. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Hey, Join us tonight on the Just the News, Not Noise TV show. Amanda Head and I have a great lined up. Yes, Kimberly Herman, she's been on this show many times. The chief counsel or general counsel for the Southeastern Legal Foundation, leading fights for parents and teachers trying to free themselves from radical theories like critical race theory. We've got former Congresswoman Nan Hayworth. She's going to talk about all things Congress. And we've got the current Republican Wisconsin gubernatorial candidate, Rebecca Cleefish, joining us. She has been on the forefront of election integrity. Three great guests back to back to back tonight on the Just the News Not Noise show. Check us out there on Real America's Voice, Channel 219 on the DISH satellite network system, Channel 240 if you watch the Pluto over the top television network on internet and we're on all of the apps including the just the news app hit the watch button real america voice has its own app there's the roku app the samsung app the apple app everywhere you go you can watch it anywhere that tv is streamed real america's voice is at download the app and watch it it is a great show easiest way for you just go to justthenews.com and hit the tv button and watch it or go to the just the news app and hit the watch button w-a-t-h-c-h and you'll be watching the show at 6 o'clock live with Amanda, who I'm so blessed to work with every day. She is an amazing woman. I really am. She is top-of-the-game journalist and so proud to have her on. All right, one more thing I'd like to do. We've got so many new partners joining the Just the News John Solomon Reports family, and one of them is Dr. Marty's Pets. They are doing amazing research, amazing creation of food, type of food that keeps your dog healthy. And hey, listen, I've got two dogs that are just the world to me, Bentley and Bailey. They're two doodles. They are such a focal point of our life. My son, who's autistic, just loves them. We do all sorts of amazing things. We want them to eat well. We want them to love their food and to be eating healthy food, not this processed food that can lead to early cancer and other issues in pets. That's well documented. Well, Dr. Marty developed Nature's Blend. That's a premium freeze-dried raw dog food made in North America. 
81% of the formula is made from real cuts of raw turkey, raw beef, raw salmon, raw organ meats to support your dog's health, their happiness, and their wellness. It's designed to mimic what your dog would eat in the wild, and it is pantry safe. Isn't that amazing? For a limited time, if you join now, you're going to get 50% off your first order. So go to drmartypets.com slash just news or text the word just news to 511 511 that's easy to remember let me give you those again go to drmartypets.com slash just news or just text the word just news to 511 511 they offer 100 90 day return on your purchase price if you're not satisfied you will be satisfied your dogs will be satisfied get started today by just texting just news all one word to 511 511 all right folks another great offer from another great partner who's there to help us make this show, make the Just the News product a reality every day, the reporting we do. Thank you, Dr. Marty, for joining the Just the News family. And thank you for making such an amazing product that my own dogs, Bentley and Bailey, just love. We're so proud to be joined together in partnership on this great product. All right, folks, head into the weekend. Let's have a great one. God bless you and God bless this extraordinary country, the United States. As he always has, you've been listening to John Solomon reports the podcast from Just the News. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events. And you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.